the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Abraham Lincoln warned that the philosophy of the schoolroom in one generation will be the philosophy of government in the next. Would you like to know what's being taught in today's classrooms? Welcome to Say What? with attorney Mark Schneider and Pastor George Roska Jr. They'll explore the issues facing children, parents, and society as a result of the public schools and the forces behind them. Say What? is the radio program of Protect Our Kids, which seeks to inform and equip concerned citizens about the looming crisis in American education. So listen in as your hosts, Mark Schneider and George Roska Jr., unpack the issues and organizations affecting our children. And now here's your hosts, Mark Schneider and George Roska Jr. Hello everyone, I'm George Roska. And I'm Mark Schneider. And we want to welcome you to today's episode 28 of Say What, where we talk about the threats to our children in the public school system, including the latest threat to curtail parents' rights to speak at school board meetings. That's right, George. Uh, Today, we're going to unpack the most recent event of the National School Boards Association's letter to the Attorney General of the United States and the response from the Attorney General. And I have to tell you, George, before we get started, um, in all my years of living, uh, watching activity by our federal government and the authorities that are there to protect us, this is one of the most chilling episodes uh, in American history regarding this that, that I have seen in my personal lifetime. So we're going to unpack the details here. Yes, and you know, on, on the one hand, Mark, I, I think it looks very bleak. On the other hand, I almost look at this and saying, wow, at least over the last three and a half years, it looks like the other side sees parents as the most formidable opponent to their agenda. That's the great silver lining on this episode. So maybe we should talk uh, to our viewers about what exactly all this is about. Yes. Um, so maybe we can just kind of run down uh, memory lane here because it, it's it's all been very recent, all happened in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, so usually what happens is every local school board um, member gets to choose if they want to become part of an a, like a an industry association with their colleagues where they learn from each other share best practices things like that that's right and so that association is called the national school board association and i first became acquainted with it back in 2018 searching up the california healthy youth act because they were one of the supporters of that act and I was scratching my head how could any school board member be in support and so I quickly learned that okay this is not a good organization (laughs) and it's not a small organization I mean this is a national group of people um, school board association members I think it's something like 90,000 strong across the country It's, it's very large correct and they basically kind of represent the 14,000 plus school districts in the United States and their board members. That's right. The other interesting fact for me, Mark, was as I was um, just kind of 
relearning about our whole system of government, the school board position is the the highest in terms of numbers of any other kind of political position in the United States. Just crazy. Yeah, and these are incredibly powerful um, uh, people in the school boards. I mean, these are the folks that actually run the school districts. So they have tremendous authority of what happens to our children in their particular school district. And this is the sort of governing institution for the members of these school boards. So what happened, George, uh, around September 29th, 30th? Well, surprisingly, uh, because of all of the uh, parent backlash that they've gotten over the last year and a half due to CRT and masks mandates and vaccine mandates and things like that, uh, this organization decided to send a letter to the Attorney General of the United States. Yes. Crazy. And that letter is what we want to unpack for you and also the response from the Attorney General himself. And so I want to read some quotes here. Please do. I think are going to be very telling. And again, this letter was sent out, I think it was made public on September the 29th. So this is is a very recent happening. All right. So quote from page one, right out of the introduction. America's public schools and its education leaders are under an immediate threat. The National School Board Association respectfully asks for federal law enforcement and other assistance to deal with the growing number of threats of violence and acts of intimidation occurring across the nation, end quote. Yeah, so they're feeling the heat, and that heat is coming from parents who have been exercised and upset about what they've been learning, uh, their children are learning in the, uh, in the school system. So that seems to be the impetus for uh, this letter being written. The next bullet point says the NSBA believes immediate assistance is required to protect our students, school board members, and educators who are susceptible to acts of violence affecting interstate commerce because of threats to their districts, families, and personal safeties. Now, why is that reference made to interstate commerce. Here's the answer to that question. So they're appealing to the Department of Justice, which of course is a federal organization. And of course, the FBI reports into the Department of Justice. That's a federal organization. Their jurisdiction is federal, but they also regulate interstate commerce. So these are terms of art, legal terms of art, to give them jurisdiction to come in what is normally a local matter, a a matter that is uh, taken care of if there is indeed a a viable threat by the local police department or state organizations. So these are operative words, very carefully crafted in the letter. Yeah, I laughed when I saw this because I'm like, are they really invoking the interstate commerce (laughs) clause? This is crazy. That's the reason why. And so, uh, again, um, I think maybe we didn't state this in the introduction, Mark, but uh, obviously at POK, we do not condone any acts of violence, uh, any threats or intimidations to uh, the personal safety of board members or the the public at large. Uh, But I think this um, verbiage here is very deceiving because, I mean, we've been watching the news. How many school boards 
did we see where acts of violence occurred? I guess if speech is violence, right, and now speech is violence against everything, if I disagree with you, you're being violent towards me with your speech. Well, that that's right. And, of course, George, you and I over the years have attended countless school board meetings and, and all the ones that I've seen, and I, I think you would attest to the same thing. Uh, people have been courteous, yes, you know, they, they have been exercised because of what they see happening, but um, I think you have to look hard to find true incidents uh, where school board members are feeling threatened. But uh, to your point, yes, uh, POK certainly disavows any uh, acts of violence or threats thereof. So they continue on to say, quote, now we ask that, that the federal government investigate, intercept, and prevent the current threats and acts of violence against our public school officials through existing statutes, executive authority, interagency, and intergovernmental task forces and other extraordinary measures to ensure the safety of our children, educators, to protect interstate commerce, again, uh, and to preserve public school infrastructure and campuses. I mean, they're, they're talking as if there was, like, you know, rioting going on and billions of dollars worth of property damage. Yes. I only know of something like that happening in the summer of 2020. Uh, yes. <laughs> That's right. In fact, they, they go on to say, George, the NSBA specifically solicits the expertise and resources of the, and then they, they provide a laundry list of federal organizations, the U.S. Department of Justice, the Federal Bureau of Investigation, the U.S. Department of Homeland Security, the U.S. Secret Service, and its National Threat Assessment Center regarding the level of risk to public school children, educators, board members and facilities slash campuses. We also request the assistance of the U.S. Postal Inspection Service to intervene against threatening letters and cyberbullying attacks that have been transmitted to students, school board members, district administrators, and other educators. Now, with this list of federal agencies that they're soliciting be brought to attention on these matters. You would think that they would be uh, eliciting things against the cartels or child sex traffickers or Antifa or even securing our border. But no, this is against parents objecting to what's going on in the public school system. And so they're not just mobilizing all of these federal agencies, but they continue to say on what basis, like what existing law are they going to have to implement, you know, on us as parents. So they say NSBA requests that such review examine appropriate enforceable actions against these crimes and acts of violence, which, again, we haven't seen much, if any at all, under the Gun-Free School Zones Act, the Patriot Act in regards to domestic terrorism. And there's a couple more, but I want to highlight this one. They're invoking the Patriot Act in regards to domestic terrorism, and I think this is the one that has blown up this whole case. Yes. Yeah, it's shocking. Uh, Really, they're categorizing parents as domestic terrorists. And what evidence do they have for this? You know, what groups specifically have they called out as being a threat? And And think of the word terrorism for which the Patriot Act was instituted in the first place. Mm -hmm. This came about as a result of 9-11 and the attack on the World Trade Center. 
where over just about 3,000 American lives were lost. George, we're talking about parents who are coming to school board meetings to challenge school board members on critical race theory, uh, max, masks in, on campuses, and things like that. You talk about hyperbole. It defines the very word. And so for me, here is the nexus, what I'm going to read here next. The nexus for defining parents as domestic terrorists is linked to the following phrase now. Quote, as the threats grow and news of extremist hate organizations. Hmm. That's the nexus. Showing up at school board meetings is being reported. This is a critical time for a proactive approach to deal with this difficult issue. So, and this is something, Mark, that, that I've had to deal with in, in my uh, school board meetings. Uh, usually people will come up and say, oh, what you said is hate speech. Uh, or if a parent group discloses itself, they quickly label that parent group if they have a name or anything like that. Oh, you're, a, you're just, you know, a hate organization. Yeah. Um, and so you're labeled as an extremist as a parent. Um, and so parents now who are just going and giving a piece of their mind, um, who've probably never even spoke at a school board meeting in their entire life. That's right. Uh, are now being categorized uh, as somehow being part of an extremist hate organization, which then gives the NASB the, or the NSBA the right um, to invoke the Patriot Act and call them domestic terrorists. Uh, you know, this this word, you know, hate speech, it's, it's a term of art now. It's a very effective weapon. Uh, it's It's been weaponized. But really, when you think about it, George, it's an ad hominem. So when you don't really have an argument against what, what someone is saying, you start throwing out these these invectives. And hate speech is certainly one of those, including the National School Board Association. Now they're using it. So, Mark, they wrote this letter to the attorney general, and I would think that, okay— you know, the attorney general gets probably thousands of letters, you know, help here, help here. Here's a problem. There's a problem. Um, and for somebody to be in that elected, well, appointed position, but then also confirmed by uh, the Senate, uh, you, you would think they'd have the wisdom to discern, okay, which one is just petty stuff yeah. and what is not. Can you walk us through what the attorney general said in his memo? Well, here's the shocking thing. So this is what's very interesting about all of this. So this letter uh, by the School Board Association was sent out on the 29th, really made public on on the 30th of, of September. In just a matter of days, specifically four days later, on October the 4th, uh, the Attorney General responded uh, to, to, this, uh, to this letter with a, a statement from the Department of of justice. Wow. Uh, and it's from the Office of Public Affairs. Now, Merrick Garland, who's the Attorney General, of course, he, he wrote this letter. But in addition to it, they released this press release, you know, mm-hmm. Justice News. And here's what it says, George. According to the Attorney General's memorandum, the Justice Department will launch a series of additional efforts in the coming days designed to address the rise in criminal conduct directed towards school personnel. These efforts are expected to include the creation of a task force consisting of representatives from the Department's Criminal Division, National Security Division, 
Civil Rights Division, the Executive Office for U.S. Attorneys, the FBI, the Community Relations Service, and the Office of Justice Programs to determine how federal enforcement tools can be used to prosecute these crimes and ways to assist state, tribal, territorial, and local law enforcement where threats of violence may not constitute federal crimes. And what was most shocking to me is right in the, mo- in the from the beginning, the money language that he used where he says, in recent months, there has been a disturbing spike in harassment, intimidation, and threats of violence against school board administrators. Harassment and intimidation? I mean, what constitutes that? Again, they're using these, these terms very loosely, and now they are unleashing and weaponizing so many different federal agencies against parents. That's right. It's, it's very concerning. Um, and even more concerning, George, um, is the fact that this was timed, the response was timed so quickly to the original letter. It seemed that this was not coincidence or that they received the letter and they thought to themselves, oh, we need to jump on this. There seems to be something deeper going on here. And recently, we've been made aware of a letter that was written by an attorney named Reed Rubenstein, who is with this organization called America's First Legal Foundation. And he wrote a letter to the Honorable Michael E. Horowitz, who's the Inspector General of the United States, asking for an investigation. Essentially, uh, Mr. Rubenstein is uh, pointing out that certain meetings occurred between officials and the Justice Department and the FBI um, and other parties in the White House uh, to talk about what can we do against parents who are making so much noise in these school board meetings and how are we going to respond to this. In fact, I'll just, this is a direct quote from Mr. Rubenstein's letter. In early September, Biden administration stakeholders held discussions regarding avenues for potential federal action against parents with a key Biden domestic policy council official, what he calls Jane Doe number one, and White House staff, Jane Jane Doe number one. Stakeholders also held held discussions with senior department officials, including at least one political appointee in the department's civil rights division, Jane Doe number two, and others in the White House separately expressed concern regarding the potential partisan political impact of parent mobilization and organization around school issues in the upcoming midterm elections. I wonder what we're going to call this, uh, parent gate. Uh, it certainly it certainly seems to fit. He goes on to say, upon information and belief at the express direction of or with the express consent of Jane Doe 1, 2, and 3, and other Biden administration officials, they developed a plan to use a letter from an outside group as pretext for federal action to chill, deter, and discourage parents from exercising their constitutional rights and privileges. The letter goes on to point out other evidence for some kind of collusion between Justice Department officials and this, quote, third party. We don't know if any of this is true, George, but there seems to be something here. Again, this is from this this organization, and it will be interesting to see what the inspector general does with this. Well, and I think we all know that uh, no department 
or no agency, federal or state, ever moves that fast to give a response. It's very unlikely. <laughs> so uh, there was another story behind all of this that I think we should uh, talk to our listeners about, and that's the conflict of interest portion hmm. between the Attorney General uh, and his son-in-law. And actually the New York Post and several other outlets broke this story, um, but it really broke because of some uh, good investigation by one of our partner organizations called Parents Defending. Yes, great group. Um, and so uh, Azra Nomani, the vice president of investigations and strategy at Parents Defending Education, uh, tweeted about this particular connection, and I'll read her tweet. Merrick Garland has declared a war on parents. His daughter is married to the co-founder of Panorama Ed, which is under fire for its multi-million contracts with school boards. At Defending Ed, parents sent us tips. We raised the alarm. Now Garland is trying to silence parents. Again, we don't know if this is a uh, if there's truth to this, but there it certainly seems to be so. I mean, uh, these family members do exist in, in Merrick Garland's family. They are involved in education. Um, they do have multi million contracts with uh, several school boards. So there there seems to be something going on here, George. Where there's smoke, there is fire. So yeah, this is very interesting, but. You know, maybe to to spend some time on kind of some of the the ramifications and even the silver linings, Mark. Um, I feel like teachers and school board members who are overwhelmingly on the the left uh, are kind of emboldened by this. And I think one of the most striking things that just happened right after this whole thing was published was that a music teacher at Westfield Washington School um, in Indianapolis, Indiana, posted a TikTok video where she composed a song about terrorists, terrorists, purple for parents are terrorists. Purple for Parents is another parent organization who has been speaking out very loudly, uh, not just in Indiana, uh, but they have other chapters in, in other states. Uh, I'm actually pretty connected with their Indiana chapters and with their Arizona chapters. And these are all great people, loving parents. They've, like us, just figured out what's going on, and they're tired of it. Yeah. Um, and they decided to label their organization Purple for Parents as a, a counteraction to the Red for Ed movement uh, the teachers' unions. Uh-huh. And so here is a teacher, uh, Jennifer Rowe, who is a clear LGBTQ activist according to her own uh, profile. Um, And she's a music teacher, and now she's creating music that is talking about this very sickening stuff calling parents terrorists. And now they're eliciting the federal government uh, to join forces with them to intimidate and chill the freedom of speech that we all have under the under the Constitution. You know, George, this reminds me of the Supreme Court decisions going back to 1923 that gives parents the right to control the upbringing of their children, including what kind of information they're receiving in our education, our public education system. This goes back to the Pierce case, Myers case, more recently the Troxel case. Uh, 
Terry McAuliffe, who, of course, is running for governor in the state of Virginia, said parents have no business telling school board officials what to teach their children. So this is sort of a national effort to completely remove parents from the equation of public education. But what is particularly chilling now is that our federal government has consented to becoming involved in this and joining the effort to chill parents' rights. Yeah. And two more things that I wanted to point out, Mark. One, another silver lining is, and that Corey DeAngelis just posted this yesterday, uh, and I quote here, the Louisiana School Boards Association does not agree with the National School Boards Association's actions. So this particular state chapter of the NSBA is now evaluating its future association with the NSBA, which is is great. Uh, And then secondly... On Turning Point USA just started an initiative called School Board Watch List. And so I highly encourage folks to go to schoolboardwatchlist.org. And if you see something going wrong at your school board, you can go in there and you can write in all the tips. So uh, parents, we must continue to rise against this tyranny. And this is for the sake of our children and the future of our nation. Until next time. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Say What, the radio ministry of Protect Our Kids, where they seek to inform and equip concerned citizens about the crisis in American public education and the forces working against our children. Join us at this same time every Saturday as attorney Mark Schneider and Pastor George Roscoe Jr. unpack the issues so that we can better safeguard our nation's children. For more information about this program or Protect Our Kids, email the show at info at protectourkidsnow.org. That's info at protectourkidsnow.org. And join Mark and George right here next week at this same time for another episode of Say What. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.